welcome to the AOL podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message. I pray that the you take a coal and place it, place it on his lips and may he speak the very oracles of God. I pray that he would prophesy, that he would speak those things that aren't as though they were. I pray, Lord, for that answer. Lord, I just pray that today that you would move mountains, open eyes to see and open ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, look at your neighbor and say, you look like you've lost some weight. Ask him, have you lost some weight? You're looking really good. Lie to him if you have to. We'll repent after the service. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to ask you one more time. Who's happy to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Jesse, you happy to be in the house of the Lord? All right. Well, you may be seated. All right. I want to ask those of you that I want to do this. We just this last week we had camp meeting. If, if you served in any capacity, whether it was on the worship team or helping back there, uh, uh, bringing uh, registering people and things like that or media or any of that, I want you to stand to your feet. I want to honor you guys and tell you thank you so much for being a part of that. Amen. Takes an army to do stuff like that. So praise the Praise God. Amen. We were so blessed this last week. People are healed and delivered, set free, and I believe it's going to continue this morning. We are so blessed to have a man of God in the house with us. And I believe this. You know, one word from God can change your life. Never underestimate the power of one scripture. That's what my dad always told me, and I, you, now I'm telling it to you guys. And if you, you pay attention this morning, there'll be one thing that'll stick out to you. You know, just th- those of you that were uh, here uh, yesterday, I preached a word on being intentional. And the reason I did is because I was minding my own business, shoeing horses at the barn Wednesday, and my buddy Jared came and told me, and he gave me that word intentional, and I couldn't get it out of my spirit. And I'm telling you, I believe if, uh, I believe this morning If you open up your spirit, there is one word from God that's going to change your life. I'm going to say that one more time. I believe there's one word from God that's going to change your life. We're in the first service. I'm telling you, the the bigger your shout, the more he'll get wound up. But uh, we want to give honor where honor is due. Uh, um, A bishop to this house, uh, Pastor Ronnie Trice that we loved and cherished. Thank God for his ministry and his anointing that is in this house. How many of y'all thankful for the ministry of pa- Pastor Ronnie Trice and the impartation they put into our pastors? And uh, Pastor Ronnie had um, Brother Danny over 70. T- you've been there over 70 times to Maranatha, right? Or Hillside now. But how many of y'all know if he is welcomed in their house, he is welcomed in AOL. Amen. So I want you to put your hands together. Honor the man of God as he comes forward, and you'll be blessed today. Amen. I love you. Well, give the Lord a shout of praise. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Oh, God is good. God is good. Don't sit down. Don't sit down. Don't sit down. Would you stand with me, please? Let me ask the question. How many of you love the Lord? Now, that was weak, low-key, and pathetic. Let's try it again. How many of you love the Lord? Oh, hallelujah. The Bible declares, I will bless the Lord at all times. 
His praise shall be continually in my mouth. How many of you had a reason to praise the Lord? Has God been so good to you? Oh, hallelujah, his mercy endureth forever and forever and forever. I want to say this, my God, your God, our God, he is worthy. He is wonderful, and he is welcome in this house today. If you believe that, come on, shout amen. amen. Had a great time this weekend, camp meeting, and again here today. I love and appreciate your pastors. Pastor Ty, Miss Luann, Pastor Travis, Miss Brandy. How many of you love and appreciate our pastors? Come on, shout amen. God is good, God is good, God is good, God is good. I'm ready to preach. I'm talking about dogs, bark, birds, sure, but guess what? I don't got to, I get to preach. Come on now. But before we get into God's word, how many of you love the word of the Lord? Come on, shout, I love the word. I love the word, I love the word, I love the word. The patriarch Job said, I esteem the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. The psalmist said, I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. The prophet Jeremiah said, Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and they were unto me the joy and the rejoicing in my heart. I don't know about you, church, but I love the word of the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Remain standing, please. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 4. Oh, God is good. All the time, he's so good to me. Hallelujah. God is good. I'm so glad I got to come back to Amarillo, Texas one more time. The last time I was here in Amarillo was 38 years ago. I preached an extended revival over at a church, First Assembly of God years ago. Had a great time, but I tell you what, I'm so glad I'm back here one more time in Amarillo, Texas. Amen. If I didn't live in Virginia, I'd probably live in Texas. Amen. Oh, God is good. Tell somebody, say, get ready. Come on, tell them, say, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 4, beginning with verse number 35. And the same day when the evening was come, Jesus said unto his disciples, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was already in the ship. And there were also with them other little ships. And there arose a great storm. What kind of a storm, church? Say it again. A great storm. There arose a great storm of, of wind. And the waves beat in the ship so that it was now full. And Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a my pillow. Is that right? And they awake him and say to him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose. Everybody shout, he got up. And he rose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a what kind of a storm? A calm, a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? 
And the Phoenicians said one to another, "What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him?" I want to minister for just a few moments along these lines. We are going to make it. Come on, say that. We are going to make it. Come on, say it again. We are going to be. Say it like you believe it. We are going to make it. Now make it personal. I. I'm going to make it again. I am going to make it. Now tell your neighbor, the one you love the best, on the right side or the left side, say, you are going to make it. Come on now. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. Father God, we thank you for your word, your holy word, your holy seed. Your word is life-changing. And, Father, I believe today because of your holy word, we will never, ever be the same again. We thank you and we bless you. And all of God's people said together, amen. That sounded good. You better say it again. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated if you can. I said we are going to make it. Thank you for those four amens and two holy grunts. I said we are going to make it. I said we're going to make it. It doesn't matter what it may look like, sound like, feel like, smell like, taste like. It doesn't matter. We are going to make it. It doesn't matter what the devil may say. He is a liar. It doesn't matter what your neighbors may say. The devil is still a liar. Come on now. I said we are going to make it. Now, early in this chapter, Lord Jesus, he was talking about the sword that sows the seed. And he said that Satan cometh immediately and take away the word that was sown in the hearts. And this was happening here in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. The enemy came to take away the word. Everybody shout the word. How many of us still power in the word? Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will not pass away. And the word of the Lord today is this, we are going to make it. Now the Bible tells us here, beginning with verse 35, that Jesus, our Lord, he spoke to his disciples and said, let us pass over. Let us pass over. Let us cross over unto the other side. And so the disciples, they got on board this ship with Jesus, and they began to cross over. But something happened. In the middle of the night, in the night season, in the dark of night, all of a sudden, a great storm arose. Have you ever had a great storm arise in your life? Come on, church. The storm arose. The Bible said it was a great storm, and the winds began to blow. And the waves begin to beat against that ship. There are two things to notice, please. First of all, there are the winds. And there are the waves. What's the difference? No, the winds are the unseen forces. And the waves are the seen forces. And hell will come against you sometime in the unseen forces and the seen forces. What do you mean the unseen forces? I'm talking about spiritual warfare. I'm talking about demonic activity. I'm talking about the fiery darts of hell being hurled against you. Now, those are the unseen forces. But also, hell will come against you with the seen forces. I'm talking about tsunamis. I'm talking about tornadoes. I'm talking about earthquakes. 
I'm talking about hurricanes. Have you ever gone through one of those storms? Come on, talk to me, church. I've been in the midst of a hurricane before. I wrote it out. Several years ago, I was in Southern California ministering, and I was in two earthquakes in one week, not one but two earthquakes. And I said, Lord, what is happening? These earthquakes, talk to me, Lord. He says, son, these earthquakes, number one, these are the last days. And number two, he said, stay out of California. Come on out. But the great storm arose, the winds and the waves began to beat against that ship. And the Bible tells us the disciples, they were so afraid. Not just then, but now fear is gripping the people of this great land of ours from coast to coast and even around the world. People, they've lost their faith in God and they've lost their faith in the word of God and fear has gripped them. But the Bible tells us, that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear comes to bring you down, down, down. Fear comes like a mad dog on the loose. Fear comes to terrorize, to torment, and to tear you down. But my friend, we belong to him. We're wrapped up and tied up and bundled up in the everlasting arms of our God, and we don't have to be afraid. The Bible declares in Psalm 23, verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The Bible declares in Psalm 27, verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Bible tells us in Isaiah 41, verse 10, Fear thou not. For I'm with thee, be not dismayed, for I am thy God, for I will help thee, yea, I will strengthen thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. And when fear comes against you, what do you do? When fear attacks you, bombards you, what do you do? Psalm 34 verse 4 declares, I sought the Lord, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. When fears come against you, what do you do? Second Chronicles 20 verse 5 declares, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but the battle is the Lord's. Come on, shout, it belongs to him. If fears bombard you, just turn it over to the Lord. But here was in the dark of night, that, stor that storm, that great storm came against him, the winds and the waves, and they were so afraid. And the disciples, they went to Jesus. And the Bible tells us that Jesus was in the stern. He was in the bank part, the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. He said, but how could he do this? How in the world could Jesus be sleeping in the midst of a storm? Because he had the word of the Lord. Come on, shout amen. And Jesus said, I only do what I see my father doing. I only hear, I only say what I hear my father say. And Jesus could rest because he'd heard from the heavenly father. But the disciples, they went to the Lord Jesus and they woke him up. And they said, Master, don't you care about us? Master, carry us thou not that we perish. Matthew's gospel says they woke him and said, Lord, help us. We're about ready to die. But they woke him up, and the Bible says in verse 39, I love this, and he arose. Come on, say that. And he arose. Guess what? He got up. Everybody shout, he got up. 
Shadrach, he got up, and he'll get up for you every single time. He got up. Now, here was on um, Easter Sunday morning. I, I was at home on that day, and I came walking out of the sanctuary, and my six-year-old grandson was coming out of children's church. He said, hey, Papa. I said, hey, buddy. He said, Papa, did you know that those evil bad guys, they killed Jesus? I said, really? He said, yeah, but don't worry about it. He got up. Come on out. <laughs> Guess what? He got up. He'll get up for you. But then said, Master, Karis, the night we perish. And the Bible says, he arose. And he rebuked the winds. And he spoke, peace be still to the waves. He then said to the disciples, he said, why are you so fearful? You see, fear will cause you to forget about many things. Fear will cause you to forget about the blessings of the Lord. By the way, church, I'm addicted to the blessings of the Lord, and he supports my habit. Come on down. You see, but fear will cause you to forget about the blessings. Fear will cause you to forget, forget about all the benefits of the Lord. How many of that we've got many, many benefits that's been given by the Lord? Come on, shout amen. What kind of benefits? We've got the anointing. We've got the ability. We've got the authority. We've got the blood covered. We've got the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. We've got power in his name. Hallelujah. We've got great benefits. But you see, if you're not careful, fear will cause you to forget about the benefits of the Lord. But the psalmist David said in Psalms 103, verse 2, he said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not. Forget not. Come on, say that. Forget not. He said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Well, the disciples, in the midst of that great storm, they were so afraid, so fearful, and fear calls them to forget about some of the benefits of the Lord. He said, what kind of benefits did they forget? They forgot about the benefit of the presence of the Lord. They forgot about the benefit of the promise of the Lord. They forgot about the benefit of the power of the Lord. And they forgot about the benefit of the peace of the Lord. You see, they forgot about the benefit of the presence of the Lord. You see, that storm was raging. That great storm was raging. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been through a great storm? Come on, talk to me, somebody. I'm talking about a great, not a small storm, not an itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny storm, but I'm talking about a great storm you thought was going to take you down, down, down. But Jesus did not say, let us get halfway across the sea and sink. He didn't say, let's get almost there and go under. He didn't say, let's get aboard and cross over and then drown. But he said, what? We are going to make it. Come on, shout out loud. We are going to make it. Hell is saying, it's over, it's over, it's over. But guess what? You're going to pass over. Hell is saying, it's over, but it's not over until the fat angel sings. Come on, shout amen. You see, hell has scheduled your burial, but God has scheduled your resurrection. Hell has said you're going to have a breakdown, but God has said you are going to have a breakthrough. Hell has said there is no way, but remember, he is Yahweh, and he said, I am the way. You are going to make it. But you see, they forgot about the presence of the Lord. In the midst of this stormy night, they forgot about who was on board with them. 
They forgot about who was there with them. He said, but who was with them? I'm talking about the virgin-born Son of God was with them. The prophet's Messiah was with them. I'm talking about God manifesting the flesh was with them. The great I am that I am was with them. Jehovah Jireh was with them. Come on now. Jehovah Sikhity was with them. The same one who said, lift there be light. And the was light was with them. The same one who knocked over the walls of Jericho and put the flight in his was with them. The same one who stabbed the sun and his stripes for Joshua was with them. Can I take a rabbit trail for a moment? I said Joshua spoke and the sun stood still. Now, I live in Virginia, but originally I'm from the Holy Land, Alabama. But the county next to where I live is Franklin County, Virginia. Franklin County is officially known as the moonshine capital of the world. I've got a good friend of mine, Judge Wolf, and several years ago he was a judge in Franklin County. And this one guy comes before Judge Wilford moonshining. Now, Judge Wolf, he knows the Bible. He knows the Word of God. And so he looks down, sees the charge moonshining, and sees the guy's name. The guy's name was Joshua. And Judge Wolf looks at him. He said, are you the Joshua that made the sun stand still? He said, no, sir. I was the Joshua that made the moon shine still. Come on now. <laughs> But, you know, the disciples, they forgot about who was on board. They forgot about the mighty God, the Holy One of Israel, the righteous one of Jacob. They forgot about he was on board. Let me ask you a question, church. The storms are raging all around you. Hell is trying to take you down, down, down with hardy and troubles and trials and woes and calamity, adversity and difficulty. But have you forgotten about who is with you? He walks for me, and he talks me. He is my God. He is your God. Come on, church. And he says to us continually, I am with you always. I will never, never leave thee, and I will never forsake thee. He is with you. He is there. The mighty, mighty presence of the Lord Most High is with us every single time. But you see, they forgot about the presence of the Lord. But also, beloved, we have God's promise. But they forgot about the promise of the Lord. But what was the promise of the Lord to them? Jesus said in verse 35, he said, let us pass over unto the other side. But you see, they forgot about what he said. They forgot about the promise of the Lord. Have you forgotten about the promise of the Lord? You see, those disciples, they forgot about how in days gone by. He spoke of the word time and time again, and it came to pass. Have you forgotten about the word of the Lord? What has God promised you? What has God promised you? Hang on to that word. Hang on to that promise. Hell may rage and hell may roar, but guess what? If God said it, it's going to come to pass. Hell may assail, but you will prevail. Come on, somebody. But they forgot about the word of the Lord. But all you need is one word, like Pastor Travis said. All you need is just one word. Everybody shout one word. For example, look at David. David went up against Goliath of Gath. And why was it David killed upon the battlefield? Somebody said because David was a praiser. He was. David was anointed. He was. David was after the heart of God. He was. But one more thing, why wasn't David killed? Because David had a word from Almighty God. The prophet Samuel said that you're going to reign upon the throne of Israel. He had a word. 
What about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They were thrown into the fiery furnace. I'm talking about their bound cords and ropes wrapped around the wrists and around the ankles. But they came out of that furnace, and their hair was not singed, their body was not burned, was burned. The clothes was not burned, the only thing that was burned was the cords and the ropes that had them bound. But let me ask you the question, why wasn't Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego not burned up? Somebody said, because they didn't bow. That's true. Because that faith in God, that's true. But why didn't they burn? Because 100 years before this, 100 years before they're thrown in the furnace, Isaiah, the prophet of God, wrote these words. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had access to these words. The prophet Isaiah said, Isaiah 43, verse 2, When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Hallelujah. And guess what? It doesn't matter what may come your way. You have got a word from Almighty God. What is your word? Hang on to God's word. God said, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. What is God's word? God says, they may come against you one way, but in both feet before you seven ways, you got to hang on to what thus saith the word of the living God. Yes, they forgot about the presence of the Lord. They forgot about the promise of the Lord. Do you think just because storms come your way that God is sitting upon the throne all upset? Is he twiddling his thumbs and what am I going to do? I know I spoke a word to them, but now the storm has come. What is God saying? Am I going to have to pry the streets of gold? Am I going to put the pearly gates in a pawn shop? Am I going to put the angels on half ration? No, brother. Guess what? You can count on God. Oh, brother, you can count on God. If God said it, he will do it. If he spoke it, it will come to pass. Come on, show a big hearty amen, amen, and a big amen, somebody. Oh, you can count on the word of God. Don't forget the promise of the Lord. They forgot about what? The presence of the Lord. They forgot about the promise of the Lord, but also they forgot about the power of the Lord. And, beloved, we have God's power. I said we have God's power. Here they were on that stormy night. The great storm was raging against them, but they forgot about the power of the Lord. Those same disciples, they forgot about how in days gone by, this same Jesus had turned the water into wine. This same Jesus had walked upon the water. This same Jesus had fed the 5,000. This same Jesus had cleansed the leper. This same Jesus had raised the dead. This same Jesus had went about doing good and healing all those that were pressed of the devil. They forgot about the power of God. Let me ask you a question. Have you forgotten about the power of God? When hell is raging, things are coming against you. Problems and hurtings and troubles and trials, woes, calamity, adversity, struggles and stress. Have you forgotten about what God has done for you in days gone by? 
Have you forgotten about how God Almighty and his love and mercy, his mighty hand, he reached down to the pit of sin and he picked you up. He washed you clean in the blood of Jesus. Have you forgotten about that? Have you forgotten about how he brought you out of the fire and he placed you in the choir? Come on now. Have you forgotten about how he set you free? Every chain, every shackle, every yoke, every bond, every fetter. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Have you forgotten about the blessings of the Lord most high? Have you forgotten about where the doctor said, I'm sorry, you've only got six months to live, but God supernaturally healed your body. Have you forgotten about how your marriage was like a powder keg, but God brought healing and restoration to your body, your family, your marriage. Have you forgotten about how God moved you in mighty ways? Don't forget about the power of God. He's done it before, and guess what? He will do it again and again. Come on, somebody shout again and again. Woo, hallelujah. What am I going to do? There's storms all around us, but guess what, beloved? You were anointed for the attack. You were born for the battle. You were created for the conflict. You were designed for the dilemma. You were forged for the fight. You were shaped for the storm. I got a word for you, and you are going to make it. Come on now. Hell rages, but we're safe in the rock of ages. Hallelujah. Hell may come against you in many ways, but guess what? We're safe in the arms of the ancient of days. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Raise your hands up high and say, do it again, Lord. Do it again, Lord. Do it again, Lord. Do it again. What's coming against you right now? What kind of problems and heartaches and troubles and stress and woe? It may sound like every demon spirit is coming against you. It may sound like all of hell is raging against you. It may sound like every fiery dart of the wicked one has been hurled against you. But what do you do? What do you do right now in these times? Remember, he's the God of all power. But what do you do? What do you do? Exodus chapter 14, verse 13 declares, fear not. I love that phrase again. Fear not. Come on, shout it. Fear not. Fear not, but stand still. I like that, don't you? I like that. Stand still. He said, fear not, but stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord. Come on, say that. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Now, the phrase stand still in the original Hebrew means this. It means to relax. It means to take your hands off. It means to don't panic. Come on now. Everybody shout, don't panic. Come on, shout again, don't panic. Say it again, don't panic. And when the doctor says you've only got three months to live, what do you do? Don't panic. Your boss says, I'm sorry, I've got to lay you off. What do you do? Don't panic. Your mother all decides to move in with you. What do you do? Move. Come on now. <laughs> don't panic, don't panic, don't panic. Here was some time back, and I was preaching a message, you know. I was preaching on when the fires of hell are raging, what do you do? Come on, when the fires of hell are raging, what do you do? I was preaching this Sunday morning on the fires of hell are raging. Don't panic. I was pacing back and forth, Miss Luann, in that motel room. Back and forth. I said, don't panic. Don't panic. I looked at the back of that, you know, motel door. It says, in case of fire, the first thing was this. Don't panic. I said, that'll preach. Come on now. Oh, yeah. But my friend, oh, don't forget about the presence of the Lord. Don't forget about the promise of the Lord in the midst of the storm. Don't panic. Remember, he's able to do seeding abundantly above all that we could ask. Or think. Raise your hands up high and shout, do it again. But they were so afraid, so fearful, the spirit of fear. What is fear? It's F-E-A-R. Thoughts, evidence, appearing real. 
What is fear? Fear is a dark room where negatives are developed. Fear. Fear is not a motivating factor unless it gets inside of you. Fear. But fear gripped them and they were void of the peace of the Lord. But hear me. We've got God's peace. Come on out. We've got God's peace. They forgot about it where the master went. Guess what? He brought peace. To the widow of Nambra's son was dead. Guess what? Jesus brought peace. Come on now. At the temple of Lazarus, guess what? He brought peace. Everywhere he goes, guess what? He's going to bring peace. They forgot about that storm was raging, that raging, raging. They forgot about who he was, Jehovah Shalom, the God of all peace. They forgot about that he is who? He is the Prince of Peace. And Jesus rose up and he spoke to the winds, said to the waves, what? Peace be still. And the Bible says, and there was a great calm. Everybody shout a great calm. Honey, not just a calm, but a great calm. Honey, but there's a big, big difference. Come on now. I love that. But you know, in chapter 5, verse 1, the Bible says, and they passed over. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to pass over. Guess what you're going to make it? It may look rough right now. It may seem like everything that could go wrong is going wrong. But I got a word for you. You are going to make it. Chapter 5, verse 1 says, and they passed over to the other side of the sea. And verse 2 says, and then a man bound with a legion of demons came out and approached Jesus. Now, why did they cross over? You see, hell did not want them to cross over, and hell brought the storm. Hell brought the storm against them. But I like what Brother John Osteen says. John Osteen says, God doesn't send the storms, but he doesn't waste them either. Come on out. Because in the midst of it, he'll teach you. He'll let you know that he is still God, and the throne of heaven is still occupied. Amen. But you see, the devil didn't want them to pass over because the devil knew on the other side of the sea there's a man that needed deliverance. You're going to pass over, church. You may be going through a great storm right now, but I got a word for you, Wendy. On the other side of your storm, there's greater joy, greater peace, greater blessing, greater miracles, greater anointing. Come on, greater days for you, arena of life. You're going to make it. Can somebody shout amen? I said, great storm. How about just give me five more minutes? Raise your hands up high. Five more minutes. Five, 10, 15, 20, 20. That'll be enough. Great storm, great storm, great storm. Do you remember what happened in the year 2020? How many don't want to remember that? Come on now. That's where that Koran Moran devil came and knocked it. Come on now. By the way, here was about. June had over three months of the Koran, Moran devil knocking. I asked my granddaughter, I said, baby girl, what, Papa? I said, you haven't been back to school for three months. Your mom's been teaching you in school. Do you know why you haven't been back to school? Papa, everybody knows that. I said, why? She said, because the school is out of toilet paper. Come on now. <laughs> good answer, good answer, good answer. But here was in 2020, and a friend of mine called me. He said, I'm going through hell. I'm like, have you ever gone through hell? Let me see your hands. What do you do when you're going through hell? Come on, tell me now. Just don't stop. Keep on going. But a friend of mine called me. He said, Danny, I've been going through hell the past few weeks. I said, tell me, what's going on, brother? He said, first my daughter comes home. She looks at me and my wife, and she says, Mama, Daddy, Mama, Daddy, I've been sleeping around with some of the boys in the church here. And I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant out of wedlock. 
because all guys are not looking for salvation. Some are looking for galvation. Come on now. And I'm pregnant out of wedlock. I mean, that beginning to rock their world. Their precious daughter, 15-year-old daughter was pregnant. And just two or three days later, they get twin boys. One of the boys came home, looked at, the, looked at them and said, Mama, Daddy, I've been sleeping around, and I just found out I've got full-blown AIDS in my body. It, the world began to rot. The winds were blowing. Come on, church. The waves were beating against them like never before. That daughter's pregnant out of well like at 15 years of age. The one son comes home and says, I've got AIDS in my body. Oh, God, oh, no, 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 no. The other twin boy comes home and says, Mom, buddy, I just found out that I like boys and not girls. Oh, that world was falling apart. My God, I'm talking about the winds were blowing. The winds were blowing. It was crashing against their life. And I mean, hell was raging against him. And the devil said, it's over, it's over, it's over. Have you ever gone through something like that? Hell was coming against him like never before, Miss Luann. Hell was very raging against him. Finally, after a few weeks, his wife says, I'm tired of it. I can't deal with this all. Our daughter is praying. Our one son has said, as the age of the son, he's a sadly the lifestyle of a homosexual. I gave last up. I want nothing more. No more, and she walks out her husband. He said, Benny, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? I looked at I said to him, I said, Brother, it's not over. It's not over. It isn't over. Oh, it looks like it is. I said, Who said it's over? God never said it's over. And hear me, arena of life. God never said it's over. God never said it's over. It may look like it, it may sound like it, it may feel like it, but guess what? It is not over because our God said, We are going to make it. Come on, shout amen. We are going to make it. Otherwise, we're going to make it. Now, I told him, I said, you have got the Lord on your side is with you. You've got his word, the promise of God. you got the power of God is able to turn it all around. And, brother, let me pray. I pray the peace of God to come on him. He calls me back sometime later, a few months later. He said, can I tell you what happened? I said, please, what's going on? He said, that great storm became a great calm. Hallelujah. Oh, he said, my daughter came home, and she said, I just had a miscarriage. Now, for a couple of men and wife this married, I pray they will never have a miscarriage. But for this 15-year-old girl, her life, she thought was in the toilet. She lost her. She lost everything about her. But guess what? She had a miscarriage. And that precious baby in the womb is now in heaven in the arms of Jesus. And that 15-year-old girl, she got back on track for the glory of God. She just graduated, you know, high school. Magna come Lordy, come on, shout amen. The one brother comes home and says, I just came back from the doctor. He ran tests to me, and they can't find one trace of any AIDS in my body. Come on, shout amen. Hallelujah. Then the son comes home and says, I don't know what I was thinking. I was so deceived. But I've got to say this. I like girls and not boys. Come on now. Guess what? I like girls too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he kept on praying. And his wife came home said, honey, I was wrong. I was hurt. I was broken. I was better as bruised because she was going through a storm as well. But guess what? They got back together again. Woo! They passed over. And now their marriage is better than it's ever been before. Hallelujah. Their three children are living for God, strong and mighty, serving the Lord most high. Guess what, church? We are going to make it. Come on, raise your hands up and say, we're going to make it. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
You probably saw on the news, you know, last year where some great, some massive storms, some tornadoes were coming to North Alabama in the Huntsville area. Probably saw that. Some friends of mine rushed in Nora. They were there at the home in Huntsville, Alabama. They loaned their car to some friends. And so they had no, no vehicle to get out of town with. The tornado was coming. So here they were at their home there in Huntsville. And the tornado was coming. They saw on the phone, they could watch the track of the tornado on the phone. And the tornado was coming toward Huntsville. It was coming toward that part of Huntsville. They could see it. It was getting closer. They could see watching the phone. It was coming toward the very subdivision where they were. They rushed in Nora. They hunkered down in the bathroom. And they said, Lord, we believe that you're with us. How many? He's with us. Come on, church. He's with us. Lord, we got your word. Your word says that you're our shield, our refuge, our protection, oh God. Oh God, we believe you've got all power to take care of us. And Father, we believe your peace is with us. And here they were. They kept watching. All of a sudden, the phone went dead. They couldn't see it. But they could hear, they heard the sound of that tornado, like a mighty locomotive, like a mighty freight train. Have you ever heard a tornado before? It was coming, the sound of a mighty freight train, a mighty locomotive coming down the line, coming down the line, coming down the line. They heard the roaring, the roaring, the sounds of that tornado. They heard the word they knew. They had the Lord's presence. They had the Lord's promise. They had the Lord's power and the Lord's peace. But one more thing they did. They said, Father God, we belong to you. And you said in your word, oh, there's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. There's power in the And they started boldly declaring, there's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. I'm going to say that with me. There's power in the, come on. There's power in the blood. Sally, there's power in the blood. It was a mighty storm, a great storm, a great storm, a great storm. Here came that storm like a mighty freight train. The roar, through. And all of a sudden, that great storm passed. What was there? It was the great calm. Guess what, church? You're going through a storm right now in your home, your family, your marriage, your business. Things are coming against you on every side. But I've come today as a man of God to say this to you. You better get ready. You better get ready. You better, because we are going to make it. I said, we're going to make it, church. We're going to make it. And so here was the great calm. They waited just a few more minutes. They knew the tornado passed by. And so they get up. They walk to the front door, and they look. The house on this side of them had been wiped off the foundation. But the house was a ditch. That tornado jumped over the house and wiped the next house off its foundation. But they were touched. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But they looked down the porch, and a hymn had somehow got torn out of the hymn book. <laughs> and the hymn was on the front porch. Guess what hymn it was? There's power in the blood. Come on, shout it. Oh, hallelujah. Raise your hands up high and shout, do it again, do it again, do it again, oh, Lord. Do it again. You're going to make it. Yeah, I said, you're going to make it. He said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. I close with this. And in conclusion. What does it mean when the man of God says, in conclusion, what does that mean? Nothing. But by faith, they're close with this one. I've gone through some major storms in my life. I've gone through the rough and the tough in serving the Lord in the ministry. Has it always been easy? No. Guess what? He never promised that the journey would be easy, but he promised there's going to be a safe land. 
has it always been easy? No. But guess what? It's been worked out. 50 some odd years of serving the Lord. In 50 years of the ministry, I've been spat upon. I've been slapped. I've been kicked. I've been punched. I've been beat up. But what? Did I quit? No. Do you think I'm going to quit because of a few things like that? Have you lost your ever-loving mind? No, I'm not quit because I got the Father, I got the Son, I got the Holy Ghost, and two-thirds of the angelic host. Hallelujah. Woo! But I've gone through some hell and back in times, Mr. Williams. I've gone through some major, major storms before my life. One time I was going through a storm in February, June of 1983. I've been traveling the ministry for at that time for 10 years. And here was ministering in uh, Illinois, Palos Heights, Illinois, outside of Chicago. A great, great, great church called the Stone Church. Look up the Stone Church. It was started by the late, great Maria Wilworth Etter in a 16-week revival, 16-month revival. But I was preaching the Stone Church, and we have the great move of God. And here was, and I'd go every night to the revival service, and I'd preach to people getting saved and healed and filled and thrilled. But I felt lower than low. Have you been there before? When I, the power of God was there, the presence of God was there, but when I left the service, I was down. felt like hell was walking on me. I was down, down, down. I was going through such a rough and tough time. How many of you have gone through some rough and tough times? Come on now. How many of you gone through some rough and tough times lately? Come on. It may be rough and tough, but get ready. God said the days before you, every day is more than enough. But here was June of 1983. I was going through such an attack, a storm. I got back that night to the motel room from the revival. And I said, Lord, I said, I'll preach tomorrow night, Wednesday night. The last night of this revival, but after tomorrow night, I would never, I would never, 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 never preach again. I never, never said that before that time. Never had I ever said that before in my life. Because I'm not a quitter. But I was being bombarded. The waves were beating. The winds were blowing. How many know what I'm talking about? And I said, Lord, I'll preach tomorrow night, the last night of this revival. But after tomorrow night, I'll never, never preach again. I'll be faithful in the pew, but Lord, I'll never stand behind the pulpit again to preach because I was being bombarded. It seemed like every demon spread around was camped outside my motel room. I woke up the next morning, that Wednesday morning, and thank God the Holy Spirit is faithful. Amen. And I woke up. I felt worse than the night before. And the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, read Psalms 138. I didn't feel like reading the Bible. Come on, let's be honest. I didn't feel like reading the Bible. Holy Spirit said, read Psalms 138. I didn't feel like it. Read Psalms 138. Well, I grabbed my Bible, though, and I turned over to Psalms 138. Now, there are eight verses in that psalm, and I began to read. I read the first seven verses. Nothing was there. Dry as could be. It just, nothing was there, but I got to verse 8, and it reads like this. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth thee. Hallelujah. The Lord will perfect the concern of thee. I preached on that verse sometime before that. What that verse means is the Lord will make perfect all that pertains to your life. And I saw that verse. All of a sudden I felt a, whoo, a quick jump on my spirit for the Lord. I thought, oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was still down, down, down. And then the Lord prompted me and said, call Pastor Steve Vickers, Christian Life Church in Montgomery, Alabama, one of my dearest friends. And I called the church in Montgomery Christian Life Church, and normally this is before cell phones. And I called the church, the receptionist answered, then she would transfer me his secretary, then on him. But this day I called the church, and the secretary, I remember she was away from her desk, 
And the phone's rang. Pastor C was walking by, hurt, death. The phone rang. He picked up. He said, Christian Life Church, good morning. I recognized the voice. I said, hey, Brother Steve. He recognized my voice. He said, Danny, hold on just a moment. I thought maybe he was talking to somebody else or whatever. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, that man of God burst out speaking in other tongues. He must have spoken in tongues. I don't know, 10, 12, 15, 16. I don't know. And I was like, my God, why is a man praying in tongues now? I said, I'm going through hell and back. I'm going through a rough time. I'm going through a storm. But here he is praying in tongues. But after about 10, 12, 15, 16, all of a sudden, the man of God started giving the interpretation. And this is exactly the word per word interpretation. He said, Ye, my son, did not I dispute you only moments ago? Say, The Lord will perfect that what's concerned to thee. Come on, shout amen. Oh, I dropped that phone and I began to dance around. I had a praise break. I began to dance around that motel room. Oh, glory. I must have danced around, praise to God, for about two or three minutes. Then I wrote, Hey. I said, Steve's probably still on the phone. And I picked up. I said, hello. He said, are you still there? I said, barely. Almost got wrapped away, but here I am. Hello, I'm here. I'm still here. He said, what would you need? I said, Steve, that's all I need. i talked to you later. Got to go. Okay. I hung the phone up, and God is about where the very split second. I put the phone down. The phone started ringing. I picked it up. Does anybody know what I said when I picked it up? Hello. Amen. Hello. Hello. It's my little Holy Ghost mama. And my mama says, son. I said, yes, mama. She said, I don't know what's going on. But I've been all night long praying for you. And just a few minutes ago, the Holy Ghost told me to call you and tell you these words. I said, what words, mama? Holy Ghost told me to call you and tell you this. The Lord will perfect that. What's concerned of thee? Come on, shout amen. Oh, and that great storm became a great calm. Can somebody shout, do it again? Would you stand with me, please? Would you stand? Somebody come to the keyboard, if you would, please, and begin to play the keyboard, if you would, he could. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, come and begin to play. If not, I'll preach all day. Hallelujah. God is good. But I was praying for you this week. Last couple of days, I said, Lord, what do you have for me to share? What do you have for me to give to the people? And he spoke to me so clearly. He said, I want you to tell my people that they are going to make it. You're going to make it, beloved. You're going to make it. 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 Raise your hands up high. Come on, church. Raise your hands up high and begin to praise him. Hallelujah. Begin to praise you in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, begin to play if you would, my brother. You know the key, don't you? And the key of H. Hallelujah. The key of H. That's for hallelujah. That's for Holy Ghost. That's where he will calm the storm. Raise your hands one more time and say, Lord, I praise you. I praise you. If you knew what was on the other side of your storm, you'd begin to shout now. If you knew what was on the other side of your mountain, you'd begin to shout now. I got a word for you. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. It may look rough and tough, but you're going to make it. 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 I said, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. It doesn't matter what's been told you. What matters is what our God has told you. And our God says we're going to pass over to the other side. Look at me, sir. Look at me, dear lady. Look at me, young people. I know many of you are going through some rough and tough times right now. I'm not a prophet of doom and gloom and war and calamity. 
I'm a preacher of the gospel. I know in whom I have believed. I know if he said he would do it. The Bible says, for God is not a man that he should lie. I love that, don't you? That's Numbers 23, verse 19. For God is not a man that he should lie. I love that. But I love Titus chapter 1, verse 2 better. It says, and God cannot lie. God cannot lie. Guess what? And our God, your God, my God, our God is saying that we are going to make it. We're 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 going to make it. So we're going to make it. Tell somebody, so we're going to make it. We're going to make it. Tell them. Tell somebody, so we're going to make it. We're going to make it. You don't know what I'm going through. I may not know every detail about your life. But I know one thing about the enemy. He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But our Lord is saying this time and time again. Keep on believing. Keep the switch of faith turned on. Because we're going to make it. We're going to make it. Come on, shout amen. How many just give me two more minutes? Let me just say this. You're going to make it. I was in Cincinnati, Ohio about two months ago. I was walking to the, the sanctuary, coming through the parking lot. One lady looked at me. She said, good morning, Brother Johnson. I said, good morning. She said, do you remember me? Now, she was a good-looking, a gorgeous, a beautiful, extremely attractive woman. I said, no, darling, I don't. Now, I remember a good-looking woman coming out. <laughs> I'm very beautiful. And she said, uh, you don't remember? I said, no, man. She said, maybe you don't. I said, well, evidently I don't, I'm sorry. She said, a little more than a year ago, you were here at our church. And a friend of mine came by my house and helped me. I could barely walk, barely move. Because my life was almost over, I thought. I've been told by the doctors I had days, maybe weeks to live. I stage stage four breast, brain, brain cancer. And stage four cancer throughout my body. I was getting the die. She said, I weighed almost 100 pounds less than I do right now. I was shriveled up. I looked like three miles of bombed out runway. My life was a mess. But my friend came and said, you need to get to the house of God tonight. So I believe God would touch you. I know she was going through a great storm. Come on out. That was a great, great storm. A great storm. She said, but I came that night to the house of God, give it up to die. Give it that cancer off of my body, to my body. Maybe you've got a bad report, but I got a word for you. He's still Jesus, the same. But that night, you were along with Pastor Dan, the pastor that y'all laid hands upon me. And when you did, the power of God touched my life. She said, I felt the fire. Well, it was the, the healing heat of the Holy Ghost. I felt my body burning, burning, burning. Not a bad burning, but a good burning. She said, but I felt the burning heat of the Holy Ghost. Heard the Lord say, my daughter, you're healed, you're healed, you're healed, you're healed. And she said, I don't feel like it. It doesn't matter. You're healed, you're healed. She went back to the same doctor who gave her up to die. He says, I don't know what has happened to you. I don't know what's happened to you. But there's not a sign, not a spot of any cancer in your body. Come on, shout amen. Look at me. All across the great sanctuary, I know who I'm talking to today. If you yourself... If you have been going through a storm, you've gone through one recently, you've been going through a storm, and maybe your, your children, your son, your daughter, your brother, your sister, your spouse, your loved ones, right now some of them are going through some major storm. Maybe you are too. It seems like it's not just small, it's a great storm. 
legal problems, marital unrest, hell is bombarded. The winds are blowing, the waves are beating against you. But you need the Lord to rise up strong for you. If you've been going through a storm, your family, your sons, your daughters, your grandchildren, if you're like that, you are them. They're going through a storm, but you want to see the Lord rise up strong and speak peace, be still. Raise your hands up high. Come on, church. Raise those hands up high. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Raise those hands up. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Raise your hands up right now. And I want you to begin to praise him now like you're going to praise him when the calm comes. Come on. Uh, all right. I want you to begin to praise him right now with all your heart and all your soul. Come on, church. Raise your hands up and begin to praise him because you are going to make it. Hallelujah. I said you're going to make it. 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 Father God, in the name of Jesus, that mighty, that holy, that exalted, that coveted name, the name that is above every name. I pray right now for every man, every woman, every boy and girl that's in this great sanctuary. Father, I know that men have been going through some great storms. The winds are blowing, the waves are beating against them. So many heirs of the life. But Lord, right now, I believe you're speaking, peace be still, but also as your servant. As a man of God, I rise up strong, boldly. I know, God, whatever I say will come to pass. Because you send your word, thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established. And Father God, I decree supernatural peace. Peace over every man, every woman, every young person that's here. Those we stand in proxy for, in Jesus' name. Can somebody shout amen? Can somebody shout a bigger amen? He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. I said, he's a mighty God. Let me ask you this question before we close. Where do you stand with God? Where do you stand with God? Do you know that you know that you know without a shadow of a doubt that you're saved? Well, I'm a good person. That's not enough. But I belong to a certain church. That's not enough. Have you been born again? Have you been born again? Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Do you know that you know that you know without a shadow of a doubt that you're saved and ready to be God? Well, I'm not ready now, but I'll make it right. i got plenty of time. Who told you that? Who told you you got plenty of time? Who told you that? Who told you you've got plenty of time? Thirteen years ago, my best friend, my sweetheart, the love of my life, I would talk to her every day, three, four, five times a day. If I was in Texas, Nebraska, California, Wyoming, Ohio, India, China, Japan, I'd call her. Did you hear that voice? She was good looking. Oh, my God, she was, she was gorgeous, beautiful. She was hot. Hallelujah. I love my wife, my sweetheart. But 13 years ago, here we were on Saturday night. The weekend before that, I was preaching out of town. The weekend after that, I was going to preach out of town. But that weekend, I was preaching locally. Church, I was preaching. I preached on church, maybe just maybe once a year the most. But here was I preaching on church the next day. The next day, here was on Saturday night. It's getting late, and she said, "Baby, I'm tired of going to bed. We gotta get up early for church." And I was reading a book downstairs in the family room. I said, "I'll see you in just a moment." So she gets up, she goes upstairs. She has a physical attack, and she's gone. 
She was young. She was young, only 54 years old. That's young. She's gone. She's gone. She's gone. I mean, there was no warning. There was no warning. As far as we knew, she was as healthy as could be. But she was attacked. She was attacked. It happened so abruptly. Because somebody said, you lost your wife? I said, no, I didn't lose my wife. I know where she is. Come on now. She's moonwalking down the streets of glory, high-fiving the saints of old. But you see, she didn't know. I got plenty of time. Do you? Do you really? She didn't know that Saturday night she would have an attack and she'd be gone. She said, what about you, church? Well, I'm young. She was young. But I preached funerals of those in their preteens. I preached funerals of babies. I preached funerals of those in the, in the teens and 20s and 30s and 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Yes. What about you, church? Are you ready? I'm a good person. That's not enough. If you've never been born again, if you've never made Jesus Christ the absolute Lord and Savior of your life, what are you waiting for? 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 I was preaching over Mount Bellevue, Pastor Trice, years ago, probably 35, 40 years ago. And I said, get right with God. Get right with God. If you're not right, get right. No. And I felt led to go back to a man. Now, I don't do this. I've only done it maybe a dozen times in 50 years of ministry. But I went back. I said, brother, why don't you give your heart to the Lord? He said, I will another time. Another time, but not now. I said, brother, come on, don't wait. I will another time. I said, brother, if you go to the altar, I'll go with you. I'll pray with you. I got plenty of time. I said, no, brother. You might, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Let's make it right now. And he said, okay. He went to the altar that night with me. I led that man to the saving grace of Jesus. He left the church that night. He went to work that night. A couple hours later, he was a watchman at a factory. People came in and robbed the factory. They killed him. But just a couple hours before, he gave his heart to the Lord. Come on, shout amen. We don't know. I'm not a prophet of doom and gloom, but I'm saying this. You got to know that you know that you know that you know. Let me ask you a question. Do you know you're ready? I would not embarrass anybody. I would not. I would never point a finger of accusation and judgment and condemnation at you. But I'm here to point you to Jesus. Will you bow your head and close your eyes just where you are? Heads are bowed, the eyes are closed. Heads are bowed, the eyes are closed. All over this great place. I want everybody that's here to take a brief, a very, very brief, but also a very, very thorough examination of your life. Ask yourself this question. If I died right now, is it well with my soul? If I died right now, would I go to heaven or would I go to hell? The only way to heaven is to be born again, making Jesus Christ the absolute Lord of your life. To make Jesus the absolute Lord and Savior of your life. You're here today, you've never been saved. You've never been born again. Are you a saved? I used to live for God. I used to serve God. I said, what with God? But so many things happened. The problems and pressures of life came against me. And I turned my back on the Lord. And I'm away from the Lord. I'm not serving God like I once did. Maybe you've grown cold. Maybe you're backslid. And you know you're not where you should be with God. But you would say today, I need to make a comeback. If that's you, I want to pray for you. I would not do anything to embarrass you, but I want to pray for you. So what I'm going to do is this. If you're not where you should be with God, search your heart. Ask yourself, am I ready? Am I ready? If you're not where you should be with God, but you want me as a man of God, just remember you in prayer. Would you raise a hand right now? Come on, put it up. Put it up high. Go ahead, put it up high. Put it up high. That's it. Put it up. Put it up. 
God bless you. God bless you. Oh, come on, Purpa. 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 God bless you. Is there another? Is there another? Is there another? God bless you, sir. Is there another? Purpa. Is there another? Raise those hands up high. The Bible says, boast not yourself tomorrow, because there may not be a tomorrow for you. Everybody look up, look up, look up. Everybody pray this after me, especially if you raise your hands up. Pray this after me right now. Say, Heavenly Father, ask you right now to forgive me of all my sin. I've sinned against you, and I'm sorry. I repent now. I turn from my sin, and I turn to you with all my heart. Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. You gave your life for me. You shed your blood for me to wash me clean of all my sin. Yes, you died for me, but you rose from the dead for me. You are the living Lord. I believe that with all my heart. And ask you right now to come in my life, take over my life, be the Lord of my life from this time forth and forevermore. And with your help, I will live for you. I will serve you. I'm yours. You're mine. We're together forever. Come on, shout amen. Hallelujah. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio through the website arenaoflifechurch.org or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.